0: Contrary to popular belief, this pandemic did not break restaurants. Uh, the industry, our restaurant industry, has been broken uh, for a very long time in a lot of different ways, and the pandemic simply shone a light uh, on the problem so that now we could all see the, the cracks and the chips And as we move forward, I think restaurant owners all over the country, really all over the world, uh, are discovering now that they need to think about things differently, that they need to to look at things from a different direction. They need to apply innovation and creativity to their business in a way that they they never had to before. Uh, A big part of that is technology. And on today's show, I'm thrilled to be sitting down and talking with Amin Yazdani, who is the CEO and founder of the Craver app. Uh, and, And in this, we talk about his app and the technology. that that he's bringing to restaurant owners all over the country. Uh, We also have a kind of a wide-ranging conversation about um, the adoption of technology and and how that can help restaurant owners moving forward. I think you're going to love this conversation. Stick around. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. So, each week, we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. I want to help you do more covers and drive more revenue. If you've been with us for a while, you know that I go back and forth from week to week, mostly... I do a monologue-style format where I choose a a specific topic and then pick that topic apart. But then every so often, uh, I'm able to bring on a guest uh, for a longer interview to to bring some insight to some uh, some aspect of the industry that I think is worth looking at. Today, I'm joined by Amin Yazdani, who is the co-founder and CEO of Craver. So Craver is a mobile app platform for restaurants where uh, you build uh, your very own branded app that your guests can and use to order food. There are other companies out there doing this, uh, but I think Craver is the very best one that I've come across, certainly, uh, which is why I'm so excited to be having this conversation today. Amin, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Chip. Uh, it's uh, great to be on the show.
0: I'm glad to have you. So we have plenty of time today, and I want to cover a bunch of different areas to understand uh, your story um, and what brought you to the idea of creating Um, this product, creating apps for restaurants. Um, But to start, I wonder if you can give us, uh, and and the listeners, a little background about yourself.
1: Definitely. So um, I have uh, a background in software development. Um, I have been a software architect, software developer for about 20 years now. And uh, that's, that's how we started a software development company here in Vancouver, Canada, about five years ago. And um, then we went into building software, which ultimately led us to starting Craver.
0: And so all of that was a kind of an evolution over the course of five years. Or when, when did when did Craver really come into to? Or I guess I should say, when in all of your work did you start looking at at a need? When did you start getting the idea for? Uh, for Craver, for what you guys are really doing now?
1: So we, we've we been, so it, it was about two years into our software development company. It was a custom software development company, which means that we would get projects, we build those projects, web and mobile apps mostly for our customers, and then we'll deliver it to them. And we were approached by three different restaurants in Vancouver area around the same time. It was, a, I think, it was a little more than three years ago, early early in 2017, that they wanted to have their own app. Okay. And they came to our company, said, okay, I want an app. Let us, like, help us build an app. And that's that was where we, we started to understand this, this uh, concept. Now, the problem was that the app that they wanted to build was, like, for a software company to build that app for them, it was just too expensive. None of the three companies that we talked to were able to afford to build their own app. But at the same time, when we looked at at, at this uh, problem, like one of the things for them was that they wanted to have a very customized feel for their app. They, they knew if they can build a fully branded app uh, for their brand, they could get their customers to download the app. But they didn't want to have a cookie cutter app with just a logo on it. That's They, they said that from day one that they didn't want to have that. So, th- that was the problem that they were trying to solve, and we co- they couldn't find a solution out there. So, they reached out a custom software development agency, which we were, to-, to build that app for them. But then, the problem is that like building that with a custom software development is very expensive, and the value that they were getting, which was that customizability and that... Um, the- branding that they can provide their customers with, that user experience that they can give to their customers. We want to figure out how we can extract that and then give them a platform that can do that. And that's basically how Craver started. With our experience in building software and in building extensible and flexible software, we thought, okay, there are a lot of things that are gonna be similar between these different uh, restaurants the ordering process, for example. It's very similar between different restaurants. But if we can extract a way, if we can give them a way to flexibly brand their apps and make it their own, then we have something here that we can scale it and we can actually save them their their time and their money throughout the process. And that's how, how the idea of Craver started in June of 2017.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's one of the things that I love most about it. The um, the product itself is really stylish. Um, one of the clients that I work with here in New York City just moved on to Craver, uh, which is how I was introduced uh, to the product. Uh you know, through the pandemic, they needed a solution and so they moved on to that. And um and what you say is is absolutely true. So, um so the idea is to create an app, but on your side it was to come up with uh, you know a, a template meaning you know something that would be the same across most of them and then make it customizable to the degree that the, that the restaurants themselves uh, felt like it was it was unique and individual enough that it, it didn't feel cookie cutter that there was they had their own stamp on it. Am I understanding that right?
1: That is absolutely correct. So basically what the way that we differentiate between different parts is that we say the functionality could be same the user experience, it's fully uh, customizable. And what by that, what, what we mean is that like, we want to each one of these apps to feel and work like extension of that restaurant's brand in their customer's pocket. And that's our goal when it comes to user experience. The functionality that is the core of our power comes in that functionality, but that's like a black box. That is what's powering up each one of our apps. And we have a lot of functionality, but not all apps need all that functionality. So you can turn them off and on as you wish, as it fits your brand.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I, I wanna I want to get into it. I, w- I wanna get into the weeds just a little bit because I wanna understand better everything you're talking about. Um, because, so let's say a customer comes to you. So somebody's got a restaurant and they come to you and say, hey, we really want a branded app for our restaurant. What are the steps? that you go through to to get there? So uh,
1: let's say somebody comes, signs up for Craver right now. What they will do, what we will do for them is that we actually going to reach out to them. And uh, the first step for us is asking for their design assets. Um, I mentioned it's the user experience is the key. So what we want to do is from the very first moment, we wanna make sure that we can capture their unique brand experience. And we'll do that by having access to their design, apps. I think that could be their logo, any design materials that they already have, their brand guideline, maybe their branding colors that they're using. And with that information, then our design team actually puts together a few different uh, design options for their app. Okay. Now we know our app, we know how that can work, and we can, we can easily branded for different apps, but we don't go in deep into actually doing that for them. We wanna make sure that we can capture that brand experience correctly first. So we start with design. Uh, We go back and forth with with the customer to make sure that we finalize that design and we are capturing the right design experience there. And that is when, after we have done that, that we go and actually implement that design on our platform.
0: Okay, so then there are a couple of different, so there's like different functionality, like different ways that the app can, can behave? Am I understanding that right?
1: That is correct. So uh, like, for example, a cafe and a restaurant and a, um, um, I know, winery, they're all going to have different requirements, different things that they want to have. Just not just their menu, but for example, um, a lot of times coffee shops, they don't do delivery but a restaurant might wanna have delivery. Some restaurants, they have their own delivery teams and some restaurants they wanna use third party delivery behind the scene, uh, using our integrations. Depending on which POS system they use, uh, they might wanna have our platform integrated to their POS or not. Uh, So there are a lot of uh, knobs, there are a lot of levers that they can actually use to make sure that their app is actually perfect for their use case. And that's what we provide them with.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's interesting. Okay. So you get the design, the look and the feel right, right? You get the colors, the logos, the, you know, some of the images, you you make sure it's got the flavor of the brand and then you work on the different design elements and say, you know, how do you want this thing to behave? What, what do we want the user experience to be? That's kind of the next step you do.
1: Yes. So the next step for us is that we will build them a full prototype of their app. And this is a clickable, this is not their app, but it's a clickable view of their app. So they can actually see what will be the flow of the customers. How would they go about going and adding an item to their cart? How how would they go about maybe ordering for delivery or pickup or dine-in? What about curbside pickup? So they can see that in that uh, clickable prototype. And that will be the next step for them to see actually their app before it's actually built.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And then you go over edits and tweaks and and things like that. And then once everything's approved, then the team will go ahead and actually build out the app?
1: That is correct. So we build out the app on top of our Craver platform. So behind the scene of every app that we are building is the Craver platform that is powering them up. And so, basically, what our development team is actually doing is implementing the design and the prototype that was approved at the end by, by the restaurant on our Craver app platform, and that will generate a mobile app at the end of the, the process that then we can send back to the restaurants, to the, restaurants, uh, uh, to, the uh, to people that are testing the app for them to check out the final product, give it a try, give us any feedback that they have, and then we can go from there.
0: Yeah, and so. About how long from, you know, the inquiry call to the final app being released to the uh, to the public? How long is that process typically?
1: so on average it's about four weeks but that really depends on how much back and forth we need to have with the with the restaurant and uh how fast we can get the response to our questions right right um but on average t- turnaround time from the day that they will send us their design assets until the day that their app is released is around four weeks
0: yeah, which is which is amazing because I know buildouts for uh, for things like that. I'm dealing uh, some of my clients are in the fitness industry, and this is uh, now a big piece of what's being offered uh, in in that industry as well. Obviously, as things go uh, virtual and start, you know, uh, mm-hmm. classes are happening on Zoom, but everybody wants their own app. Everybody wants their own um, uh, like their live stream app or an on demand app, things like that. And uh, and I know the turnaround time is not often uh, that quick. So so that's that's cool. Four weeks sounds uh, sounds really uh, aggressive, but uh, if you guys have figured out a way to do it,
1: great. Well, for us, it's the, the question that we wanted to answer was that how fast can we get your customers to order from you? And we wanted to reduce that time as much as possible because usually, like especially with this pandemic, what happened was that restaurant had to change their model overnight. Yeah, and if we take six months to build an app then there is really no point in, in having that because you don't know in six months if, if your business is still alive, if you don't have the tools to be able to run your business. And that, that this is what, what's been humbling for us throughout the process, especially through the, through the pandemic, being able to help a lot of restaurants and making sure that they can uh, survive uh, and they can they can basically keep their customers and their staff safe keep serving them uh, without having to uh, put their livelihood on the line.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, before we uh, hit the record button, um, Amin and I were talking about this and we said, you know, the, the thing that he was uh, enjoying so much was this, you know, this idea of, you know, how you get to help people. And, and I said that that's so um, foundational to what I think so many of us do. So certainly so many of the listeners. Uh, we're in hospitality. We take care of people. we We serve them for a living. We literally, you know, go and get them the things that they want. we um we welcome them into our into our restaurants and and take care of them as if they were family and friends. Um, and that's true of of any business. if you um if you take care of people, um they will take care of you. and I think um, and I think it's really cool. I think what's really interesting is that you came to this. you start building this company um years ago. And you know you, you were ahead of the curve there, um, you know. Now with the pandemic, you know everybody needed this this sort of thing. Restaurants are thinking about technology, um, so you did it. You know, I love your story about how there were three restaurants who had approached you and they just couldn't afford, you know, a, you know, a hand built app, and so you started doing this. What was your experience between them, between the first three restaurants that approached you? And then when you started building the company and said, OK, we're going to be able to do this, you know, before we get to the pandemic, what, how did the company grow in that time, if you can think back there?
1: So growing anything, I, I know that's probably your, your, your listeners know this from heart by growing their, their restaurant businesses, but growing anything is a very hard process. And this was exactly the same for us. So we started, uh, as I mentioned, in June of 2017, building our platform. So we had nothing. Our first app was released in end of October, 2017. So early uh, end of October, early November, 2017. So it's about exactly two years ago. And one of the things for me, like running this business with no background in hospitality in restaurant business was that i was just basically learning throughout the time that we've been running this business learning from the restaurants uh, what they need and what are their pain points i think that's probably it's a it's a double edged sword but like i think it played in our favor in our case because we were because we didn't have any, any knowledge in the, in, any knowledge before that, we were completely open to listen to the restaurants to figure out what, what they need. So we started, for example, with having a um, pickup and delivery app. And then soon from there, we went on figuring out that actually one of the problems that a lot of restaurants want to resolve is the fact that um, they have too many systems. If you build an app, but it's not integrated into your payment or POS solution, it adds extra work. So what can we do to try to resolve that? So we went on to, on the path of integrating our platform with other uh, point-of-sale systems and payment providers. Um, and through that, doors open for partnership with point-of-sale systems such as Toast and, P- and uh, Square and Clover. And those partnerships opened more doors for accessing more restaurants. And like, it, was a gro- it was growing um, all around, uh, even before the COVID. Um, and it was because we were listening to the restaurants that we were building this tool for. Like, we did not build a single feature in our app without one of our customers, which are restaurants asking for it. Yeah. And that's how we decide on what to add to the platform, what to uh, change in the platform. And and we are like, we are very, very humble when it comes to, to what restaurants need, because we don't know. We, like, I have a background in software development. I know how to build software. I don't know how to build a restaurant. So we are completely uh, humbled on that side and listening to, our, to the restaurants when they come with I need this feature or that feature. And that's the way that we can learn and we can grow our platform and build something that they need. And that's that's been the, the feedback that we've been receiving from from restaurants all across um in the past three years is that, oh, what you have is actually what I need. And then they might need some extra pieces that we go and, and add to our platform for them.
0: Yeah, so I'm really curious about this. I want to I want to follow that line of um, that line of thinking. So, what else? Um, and there are two pieces to the question. What else did you learn in in short order that you that was not even on your radar? You know what what else did the these restaurant owners teach you? And then I also want to know the other side. You know, were there things that you were able to teach them or bring to them uh, that they hadn't considered um, that the technology was going to be able to do for them? Um, can you think back, or is there any? Are there any examples?
1: So, so there are a couple of things. Well, actually, there are a lot of things that that we learned uh, from the restaurant, and it was coming from them. But w- when we started, we thought we were building an app for ordering. So we we thought restaurants have a, uh, have a problem with their customers ordering. We want to build an app so they can keep their customers. Their customers can can place an order with them through that app. Right. But we actually what we are building is not that. We are building a tool. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier. We are building a tool for them to be able to engage and grow their loyal customer base. And that was their pain point. That was why they were coming to us, because they were losing that to these uh, third party delivery partners, third party ordering partners that not only the cost of working with them was high, but more importantly, I think more important than the cost is actually access to your customers, direct access to your customers and direct as- access to your customers' data to know that uh, that Chip ordered breakfast last week. So maybe uh, he will be interested in coming back for breakfast next week so like having access to that analytics that was that was the 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 missing piece that was the pain point and like we learned that from the restaurant that that is exactly what they are going after so what we were able to do on that side is to figure out the tools that we can build so restaurants can engage their customers better Building a yeah. rewards and loyalty uh, piece, for example, or yeah. building a push notification engagement tool that they can use. So uh, we build a lot of tools around that or coupon system, a lot of things that will help them engage their customer base. And that has been, I think, the biggest thing that we, we did not know that we were building, but we were actually building with our platform was that, that engine, that engagement engine that they now have and they can engage their customers with.
0: I think that is such a profound insight, and I'm I'm really glad you uh, you brought that up because that is. The whole thing. When we talk about marketing, um, you know, if we boil it down to, you know, this is a marketing podcast. We, we talk about this. Um, so much of marketing uh, boils down to two things, right? Attracting customers and retaining customers. And um, and every time somebody goes on to the Seamless app or the Grubhub app, or you know, you you pick which one, um, they are faced with multiple choices. But if they open their phone and they see the app from the restaurant that they they love, they're just going to go. Oh yeah, let's just let's just eat there. It's a constant reminder. And then, like you said, you know, any of the CRM loyalty, um, you know, integrations, the the push notifications, you know, or just uh, you know help help serve that. But um, but yeah, but just building loyalty among um, among patrons is so key, especially right now.
1: Hundred percent. And like well, one of the key elements that we found out working with a restaurant is that. A lot of times, um, they don't uh, necessarily consider that the first time. So, a lot of restaurants, they go into, for example, working with um, uh, third party ordering uh, software, thinking that that is bring that's going to bring me new customers which is true a lot of them they have big customer bases and they can bring those new customers but like any other marketing tool if you, you if you're using a platform for marketing which that's that's how you should be using ordering platforms you need to have a conversion mechanism you need to be able to convert these customers from coming from this marketing channel to you all the time to coming through a system that then give you that, that that will avoid those costs for you the next times. And we feel like our platform is providing that conversion. You can get orders from Steamless or Grubhub or Doordash or Uber Eats or the, the list of the long list of available solutions out there. But if you cannot convert them to download your app, you're gonna be paying those fees all the time. But now if you use it as a marketing tool and you have a tool, you have a call to action to convert them to your to download your own app and you and there's so many ways you can incentivize them to do that then now you can run a marketing campaign with an actual goal
0: yeah absolutely this is uh, so one of the goals for this the the brand here that we that recently went on to craver um you know i said listen we we need uh, an organized strategy uh, to get people off of all of these third-party apps and so i, I said listen we're gonna make a postcard it's gonna have the QR code to download the app and we're gonna say get 25% off your first uh, order you know uh, the first order uh, that you place uh, in the app and like you said you you can incentivize it you know a a bunch of different ways but but every time we packaged up something, we you know th- that was the last thing to go in the bag. It was that postcard every single time, and it was beautiful, and it was branded, and it had the QR code prominently displayed on one side, um, and it was very clear. It said you know, scan here, download the app, and order on the app next time you want to order from us, and get twenty five percent off. It was uh, it was very very successful, and we um, you know, and we just we did that over and over and over again. In fact, we're still doing that now. Um, it was a it was a great way of getting you know of utilizing the third party delivery uh, platforms as a marketing tool, right? That was we were using that to attract new customers. But then there has to be a plan in place to retain those customers to transition them onto something that was going to uh, be more um, be more profitable for us in the long run.
1: You're absolutely correct on that side, and I and we think that that is one of the one of the. Maybe if there was one thing that we we uh, tried to teach the restaurants and that was something that going from our side to them was how can you incentivize your customers to download your app and keep using your app. And th- there are a lot of learnings in the, in the st- startup community around uh, promotions and like the incentivization, gamification, rewards and loyalty programs. And we were trying to bring that into the context of an ordering platform, an ordering app, with lo- loyalty and rewards that the customer will love and continue to use.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Um, so uh, next week, I'm recording an interview with uh, Peter Fader. Uh, do you are you familiar with his work? I am not actually. So Peter Fader is a uh, is on the the marketing uh, faculty at the Wharton School over at University of Penn and. Uh, he wrote a book called Customer Centricity, and it's all about you know owning your data, owning your customers, knowing your customers inside and out, so that you can uh, you can serve the right uh, the right customers. I-, I love the book. I love what he talks about, um, and he works with big 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 companies. and I'm talking to him next week uh, for a future episode of this podcast, and we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about how his ideas uh, translate to. Um, uh, to the restaurant industry. And it was funny because uh, just on uh, Wednesday, just the other day, he was the keynote speaker at the Jernia, um, uh Festival. It's this, um, uh, it's like a summit uh, that happens once a year in Philadelphia. And he was talking all about this specifically about how this pandemic was providing brands, uh, specifically restaurants, the opportunity to, to retake, to own their uh, their data again you know and the, all those brands that went and got their own uh, app and started using their app or made a really big push for uh, for their consumers to to get on the app uh, were really really succeeding in all of the uh, all of the insights that they gained from that and he said now listen this doesn't have to end when the pandemic ends this is just Uh, this is just the event that brought all this to everybody's attention Um, it's what I keep talking about to my clients it's what I keep talking about to the listeners on this show you know let this crisis this pandemic uh, be the thing that just kind of like jostles us awake we can reinvent everything about the industry uh, and we have the opportunity to do it and make it uh, better than it's ever been before I don't know, I just, when when you talk about all this and, and the data and integration and, and, and learning about your customers, it reminds me so much of what Peter Fader uh, talks about and writes about.
1: Uh, definitely. And one of the things about about this pandemic, I think one of the biggest impact that it had on the restaurants, not the fact that they unfortunately had to close down in, in a lot of cases or reduce their capacity, but is that it pushed restaurants, a lot of restaurants to Adopt technology. And there's one thing about technology adoption lifecycle that, that that we know you cannot go back. Like, once you start using technology, yeah. there's no way going back. Like, nobody's going back to flip phones now from smartphones.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Nobody's going back. Like, it's, you cannot, like, it's it's almost irreversible. And because of that, so we, we see as, this as a great opportunity for the restaurants that they felt that it's risky. To adopt technology that right now it's a time like your customers are okay to adopt technology because they now they can see a value for that so if you can teach them how to order from you remotely without having to to waste your time now you can keep that time to serve them better
0: yeah it's it's funny i I feel like i've been talking about this a lot and and you you hit the nail on the head I, i feel this um that that this pandemic wasn't about technology innovation it was about technology adoption you know the 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 big example that i think of is with grocery delivery right like uh, you know I moved to the city uh, back in 2002 I've lived here in New York City and fresh direct uh, was a grocery delivery uh, service one of the first ones um, and certainly one of the one of the really nice ones uh, and they launched there in 2002 so we were early adopters of that technology uh, partially just out of um, uh, just out of necessity the um, the supermarkets nearby weren't particularly big. Whatever I got, I had to carry all the way back to my apartment. You know, so maybe two avenues, three avenues. You know, I, I could only carry so much. So the convenience of getting grocery delivery uh, was worth it to me. You know, maybe paying a couple of bucks extra, um, it, it just worked. I I adopted that pretty early on um but the older generation right the the baby boomers didn't do it and they said oh they'll never do this they want to go and they want to go and pick up their own produce they want to go pick out their own meat and the pandemic right suddenly the baby boomers uh, are the generation uh, that are most vulnerable and uh, and you watched in very quick order in the matter of 3 or 4 weeks an entire generation started ordering their groceries on uh, on an app online and getting it delivered suddenly they didn't need to pick up their tomatoes they didn't need to pick out their cut of meat they were okay with whatever came partially because it was just uh, such a scary um such a scary thing to go into the supermarket surrounded by you know hundreds of other people so it's not the innovation but it's the adoption curve like you said and restaurants are the exact same way
1: yeah that's that, that's exactly how we see it that's exactly how we feel about this. Like we built our platform two years ago, but before that, there were other examples of successful, adopt, su- successful mobile apps for restaurants and cafes. Starbucks comes to mind as the very first one that showed the industry that this can be done. This can be done successfully, but it takes it takes a big event like like a pandemic for. Uh, restaurants to actually jump on that, yeah, um, in in bigger groups than it than it was before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, several years back, my wife had downloaded uh, the Dunkin' Donuts app because we have a Dunkin' Donuts right by our subway stop. And uh, and I just refused to download the app. I said, well, I, I, I'm fine, I just go in there. <laughs> and she would say, but look, I order it, I walk out the door, I mean, the subway's half a block away. She's like, I'm there in three minutes and it's there waiting for me, it's so convenient. And I and I remember saying like, no, I don't care, that's that's two minutes, I don't mind waiting in line. And and now look how everything changes. So the the things that I was willing to adopt uh, earlier, um, you know, I wasn't and then the other things that I wasn't willing to, and uh, now I have because, you know, Chipotle won't make a bowl in front of my face. I have to pre-order it on their app otherwise you can't get it.
1: <laughs> now now you're pushed to actually use the technology and and customers are, are happy uh, with doing that. Like it's not, you're not hearing them that, oh I don't want to, I just want to come in person because they see the value of being able to order um from their phone as keeping them safe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because the other thing that I think about, you know, and this is where, you know, that idea of technology, like how are all the ways that technology can serve uh, the restaurant, you know, to help make them more profitable, more efficient, um, but then also serving uh, the guest, also serving the customer um, and making a better experience there. And what I found is that most often those things actually align. The things that are better for the customer are also uh, better for the restaurant, and I've been working with a bunch of clients, um, you know, on a, on a bunch of different projects uh, that I've been talking about for a, a year or two, and now this pandemic has really pushed me, uh, gotten me up off the couch to to really yell about it and talk about it and now seek out solutions, um, you know, for example, right, like, you know, now we're used to ordering on an app and then just going and picking it up. Okay, we'll do that. We'll We'll order our Dunkin' Donuts. We'll order our Chipotle from an app. But, you know, why do we have to make a reservation at a restaurant? Why can't I make a reservation and order and pay for my food and you know, make a, a 12 o'clock reservation and my food hits the table at 12:05 just a few minutes after I after I get there. Isn't that better for me? I, it cuts my uh, it cuts my lag time. It helps the restaurant with table turn time. Like I think there are a lot of things that restaurant owners are gonna start, uh, looking at once they have the uh, the technology at their disposal, they're going to say, "Well, how, how else can we apply this?"
1: Definitely. And Chip, one of the things that that we heard prior to uh, to COVID as well uh, from a lot of restaurants that were um, reluctant to adopting technology, adopting mobile apps that uh, that that we built, was that they were very worried about their customers' experience because. They feel like when you go in person, when you go to your favorite cafe, they know you by name. They know what you've ordered in the past. You get that interaction, maybe just for a few seconds, but you get that interaction that would get you to come back more. And they, they, that is actually what makes you loyal to them. And they were they were thinking, they were telling us that, well, if we lose that interaction, now I, I, I'm gonna lose my customers because I don't have any advantage. But what what we've been able to show them is that actually, first of all, you don't have to lose your customer's experience, the perfect user experience that you have through the app, because your app can be built to keep as much of that experience constant between in person, through the app, uh, through web ordering, or whatever. So your app can be part of your customer's experience. And secondly, now by freeing up your Uh, staff from just taking the order that the work that uh, actually the customer can do themselves or for taking the payment or for ringing that up now they can actually focus on giving better service to the same customer and to actually making their experience of picking up their order or just coming and visiting the cafe at the end of the day much nicer and much more memorable so it's a change in the mindset that they need to uh, to realize that they don't have to lose on that side to gain on this side it doesn't have to be a lose win uh, situation it can be a win win situation keep your customers make it more convenient for customers for ordering keep the customers experience constant across all your channels and then free up your stuff to actually serve those customers better
0: yeah it's it's so funny in a lot of ways it reminds me of when uh when websites were really rolling out right like the beginning of you know web 2.0 and i remember again i moved to the city here in 2002 2003 and i remember when we would make reservations um, because we didn't have much money back then and so when we went out to a nice restaurant we would save up for it and we'd really really uh, make sure to 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 pick right, you know, we didn't want to. We didn't have this money to waste, so we wanted to make uh, make sure that whatever experience uh, that we had was was worth the money that we spent. And I remember how hard it was uh, because back then uh, most restaurants didn't have websites and uh, not even a landing page, so you had to uh, so you had to find um, uh, menus on menupages.com if you remember that, or mm-hmm. you know, th- it was hard to find. And I remember how much. Uh, restaurants resisted websites way back when because it just felt you know you were digitizing um, you know a really beautiful analog experience and now look you know how how a restaurant's website is an extension of um of the guest experience i think of uh, in a lot of ways what you're doing for apps uh the company bento box is doing for um uh, is doing for uh, restaurant websites um, in that they're building uh, again. They're working with a team of developers, and there are you know certain certain things that exist underneath uh, that are that are always the same, right? You always need a certain kinds of pages, certain kinds of functionality, uh, but then they're uh, they're infinitely customizable, and so it's somewhere between getting a handcrafted you know built website um, and you know getting something like um uh, like a squarespace or wix and they're providing uh, you know a similar kind of experience there but it just reminds me of of um, you know now how the websites and and social media are are an extension of the dining experience and and this i imagine in time will be the case as well
1: Uh, absolutely absolutely think think of it this way right now so a few years ago apple pay google pay started so now you can actually pay with your phone now, now you go into the restaurant without even having your wallet on, and you can have the complete experience. But you still have to receive the check, receive the 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 the, the, uh, the uh, card machine, and tap your phone on it. But you could even remove that part from from the from the mix, as you were mentioning. You could have everything to go through your app. You uh, select what you want to order. Uh, you can pay for what you've ordered at the end of your meal you can have all that experience through your own app without that feeling any separate from the experience that you're having in person and that's what we are we are trying to uh, to preach but what that that's what we're trying to show the restaurants that you don't have to lose that uh, customizability that flexibility that user experience that we're providing with having an app. They're not head-to-head with each other, but they're actually complementary.
0: Okay, so now you're starting to spark my creativity in all kinds of different ways. Uh, listeners will know I am uh, I am hell-bent on uh, table-side ordering, uh, not for all restaurants, but for certain restaurants. So I want to back up into that conversation because something you just said. Uh, but I want to understand uh, some of the different ways that you're Customers uh, that some of your restaurants are using the app. So, you know, if we can all visualize um, uh, Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or a Chipotle, right, where you, you go on, you log on, you order your food, you tell them when, they tell you when it'll be ready, or you, you pick a deliver, you know, a, a pickup time, and then you go get it but what are the other ways, like are there nicer restaurants? Are there high-end restaurants using your app and and how are they utilizing it? Um, What other brands are using it and and in what ways? And then finally, uh, are there people who are using it in restaurant as like a table side, uh, as like a table ordering um, uh, software, like a POS?
1: So I can can, uh, try to like give you some of the different use cases that we've seen. And like, to be honest with you, a lot of those cases they're coming from our restaurants to us and like we build that the additional feature for them because as i mentioned at the start we are we don't know what's the best for the restaurant restaurant knows what's best and they come to us with questions and when we hear that from enough restaurants that means that it's a valid pain and we want to reason. we want to solve that
0: yeah so tell me so tell me how they're working you know some of the ways that people are using the app definitely so we have a lot of uh, our customers
1: that are uh, using the app for pick up only orders um, a lot of like cafes coffee shops they are having they're using this and basically they will use the app for so you can go on order and you can go pick it up now a new feature that we've added very recently in our enterprise here is a curbside pickup so now you can go order and once you, once you arrive, you can tap a button on the app and now the restaurant knows that they, can, they have to run the order out for you. You don't have to even get out of your car or go inside.
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: Especially yep. with COVID, that's been very, very popular and very, very important for, for a lot of okay. restaurants to be able to do that. So curbside pick up and pick up one side of it. Delivery is another side. And now delivery divides into a couple of groups. Uh, we do have delivery for restaurants that they are doing their own delivery. We do support third party delivery integration. And we do have integration at the moment with DoorDash, with Postmates and with Relay. What that means is that behind the scene for your restaurant, you can have delivery. You can offer delivery to your customers without them knowing that you're not doing the delivery yourself. And that is taken care of behind the scene by one of our third-party partners. And one important distinction here is that one, when you are on their marketplace, you're paying them a percentage of the, the ticket size. When you are receiving the order, when you're sending them orders through our platform, you're paying a flat fee. And that fee is defined beforehand. You can take a portion of that. You can pass the rest to your customers. You can have a full control over that experience for your customers. So that's, that's an important part of it.
0: Yeah, no, this is so key. I've been talking about this over and over and over again. If you can control the process, you own the data, you own the process. Exactly.
1: And that's been very, very helpful, very, very useful for our customers. And that's actually what a lot of these third-party partners that we have, they want. They want to be able to serve even when you are not using their marketplace. They know that their marketplace, even from their perspective, their marketplace is a marketing tool. So you should be able to have your own delivery through your own app and still use their, their infrastructure for, for ordering. And that's, that's what we enable our restaurant customers to be able to do if they wish to do that. If they have their own delivery team, they can do that. And then another right. option is dining. We do have the ability to take orders for dine-in. And to, for example, you go to a place, they have a QR code with a table number on their table. You, down, you scan the QR code, download the app, or if you already have the app, just open it up, dine in, enter your uh, table number, place an order. It goes through, you don't have to talk to a uh, to a uh, server. You don't have to um, do anything on that. You don't, like all your payment is taken care of when you're placing that order as well. So it's fully streamlined, cashless, no contact, and you will just receive your food
0: at the table. And then that would integrate with the POS system, or are there people using this like as a POS? No, I guess it would have to integrate with an existing POS, right?
1: Well, again, in that side, listening to our customers, a lot of times it integrates with POS systems, but let's say you don't have a POS system, or you're using an old-school POS system that we don't integrate with. You can use our Craver for Restaurant tablet app, which basically receives those orders, or you can use our Cloud Printer technology to print out those orders um, and automatically. So all of that on the back end is available as well. But basically the way your customers are placing the order is by downloading your app. The way that you're receiving the order is either on your POS or on our tablet app or printer technology.
0: And how many, uh, are there a lot of restaurants use, uh, utilizing that feature, the, the table ordering?
1: Yes, yes. Now especially, so when, now not a lot of restaurants are going back to lockdown mode unfortunately all across the country. Yeah. But uh, when, when things opened up, a lot of them were using that because they wanted to reduce contacts as much as possible. And that's what right. that, what this feature provides them with. Uh, reduce contacts means reduced chance of uh, transmitting the disease. So they wanted to make sure that they can keep their staff and their customers safe. Uh, so that's yeah. what they were doing. We have a lot more of them are now using the feature. Now with the lockdown, probably some of them are going to turn that feature off. but. One of the beauty of our platform is that you can easily turn things off and on whenever you want.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, listeners of the show know that uh, that I'm uh, I'm jumping up and down on my seat right now because I've been saying this over and over and over again. Uh, I believe, uh, for certain kinds of restaurants, um, uh, waiters are unnecessary. And I spent many years as a waiter and working on the floor, and I understand their value. Uh, but I understand how they're superfluous in, in a lot of circumstances. Um, you know, I was saying a few minutes ago that uh, the restaurants were invented basically 250 years ago, and they've basically gone unchanged, um, that... You know, we had waiters because 200 years ago, I'm sitting at the table and the chef is back in the kitchen and there was no way for me to be able to communicate to that person what I wanted. So we put an intermediary uh, to, to go back and forth. So we, we put a waiter there that would ask me what I want and then go tell the chef what I wanted. Uh, however, now technology has caught up with us and now there's a more efficient way for me to be able to communicate to the chef and tell them what I want and to tell them where I'm sitting. You know, how many times do you sit at a restaurant and say, you know, oh, I'd love another glass of wine, and you're looking, you know, everywhere for your waiter and you can't find them and then you finally find a busboy and you say, "Hey, you know, can can can, can I see my waiter?" And then he's got to go find the waiter, the waiter comes over, they say, "Yeah, what do you need?" I place my order, then they go over to a computer in the corner to place the order. It's like I have a computer in my pocket. I should just be able to order that glass of wine and cut all of this out. It saves the restaurant on payroll. It gets me my drink sooner which the sooner I get it the sooner I can drink it the sooner I can get another one which just makes the makes my table more profitable in the eyes of the restaurant I'm so excited to hear you talk about table ordering it is like the hill I'm gonna die on
1: (laughs) now and one of the things that we were actually thinking about when we added the table ordering was actually game nights. yes like you go to a bar well pre-covid you could you go to a bar and between your first and second drink you have to wave down the waiter so many times because they're busy they're just serving just so many people at the same time and like that's a perfect usage if i can just tap a button on my phone and reorder my drink and then i just then that waiter is just bringing that over to me I'm happier, it's less work for the waiter, it's more profit for the restaurant.
0: Yeah. Think about um, you know, think about in a in a comedy club or, you know, a music venue. You know, you're you're at a jazz club or something like that, and you don't wanna you can't wave that you know, the, the waiter doesn't wanna come through the tables and disrupt the show, but you're ready for another drink, and a lot of those places, a lot of those venues have two drink minimums, so you have to order two drinks over the course of your time there. Um I, I absolutely see the value of it as And uh, I'm so glad we're talking about this.
1: No, me too. Now, one other use case is an ability for the guests that come in person, but they don't want to yet commit to downloading the app to be able to still use the same system for ordering. And that's why we are actually um, introducing our new kiosk ordering uh, system. at the end of this year, which will basically be either you can have it at each table for ordering for the customers that they don't want to order that. Like think examples of that you can see in, I think Olive Garden, they had this feature for for a few years. You could order from table side without downloading the app. Or uh, more importantly, actually kiosks that uh, that are, and uh, instead of talking to a um, cashier, you can just go in there and place your own order. Now that is more specific to mostly like fast casual type of uh, businesses that they want to be able to uh, serve customers faster uh, and they might use that um, uh, kiosk solution. But that was another thing that we've been hearing that not all customer want to download your app, Again, not all your customers are your loyal customers, but we we want to provide them a way of convenience of ordering and then show them that they can actually now if they become loyal customer now they can have your rewards program they can get discounts on their next order and a lot of other things that can come with
0: that yeah yeah for sure but you know but by the kiosk or like the iPad on the table you introduce them to the interface and you know then it's the waiter's job to talk them uh, to talk up the app and say hey you know next time you come in you should download the uh, the app because you know you get loyalty points and rewards and and blah 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 then that's a good use of uh, of a waiter there to actually sell to actually help market exactly exactly that's the way that we're looking at this I mean I, I'm loving this conversation. Uh, you are a, a busy guy an important guy and so I want to be respectful of your time so I'm gonna let you go uh, but before I do um, uh, I want you to tell the uh, the listeners um, j- just where they can go to learn more about the Craver app. Um, what's the best way to learn about uh, what you guys are doing, what you guys are building?
1: So the best way will be to just visit our website. It's www.craverapp.com. So C-R-A-V-E-R-A-P-P.com. and they can see all the uh, different uh, things that we talked about um, uh, in their in our features. They can reach out to me directly if they want to, as well if they uh, they have any questions. It's at uh, Amin at craverapp.com or they can call our 1-800 number and our sales team will be more than happy to help them and to tell them more about our features that we have and and the way that we can help them. It's 1-800-688-1916.
0: Excellent, and all of those links, uh, the phone number, um, Amin's email address, all of that will be in the show notes, so you don't have to struggle too hard remembering all of that. Uh, I mean, I so appreciate you taking the time out. Any uh, last parting words of wisdom uh, for the listeners before you go? No, thanks,
1: Chip. It was great talking to you, and I hope your listeners uh, will, will adopt technology as much as possible. Craver is not the only option. There are a lot of options out there, but adopting technology is the best thing that they can do to keep their restaurants healthy, to keep their restaurants safe, and also grow their business.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time, I mean, Thanks, Chip. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Amin Yazdani, again, the CEO and founder of Craver App. All of the uh, information is in the show notes if you want to learn more about Craver. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in and being here. My name is Chip Close. I am the host of Restaurant Strategy. If you want to get in touch with me, I answer each and every email I get. You can email me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C H I P k-l-o-s-e.com if you have any questions, concerns, ideas for future episodes or any ways uh, that I can help you, I am all ears I am here to assist you Uh, thank you very much for tuning in and I will see you next time